Good morning and welcome to another episode of Paul Martin's Crucial Conversations. Today, I am so excited to have with us Alan Balavander. Alan is the CEO of Physical Therapy and Sports Medicine Center. We will abbreviate that as PTSMC. And PTSMC is a privately owned physical therapy company with 29 clinics and has its home base out of West Hartford, Connecticut. Alan is a physical therapist and a longtime client and friend of Martin Healthcare Advisors. Alan, it is great to have you with us today. Thanks, Paul. It's great to be here. Honored to be, honored to be with you. Yes, and, and again, I, I really appreciate you talking with us today. You know, um, having gone on your website, having known you for many years, you, you really have an inspiring story. Could you walk us through the beginning stages of PTSMC and how your life story has influenced the values that your company stands on today? Ooh, I'd have to ask you first, are we doing a mini series or are we just doing an interview? <laughs> uh, that, 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 that's a lot to unpack, Paul, but, but let me give you a quick, quick one on that if I can. Um, I've been fortunate on this road to have a lot of people, friends, colleagues, family members willing to step up and help me be better, help PTSMC be better. So it, it's really a long list of influencers for sure. But if I were to look at the, the smaller kind of piece, it, it goes back to family. I have an older brother who's been in this industry forever. He's been a great mentor and a great friend through this process. And then if I go all the way back, it's my mom and dad. Um, my mom and dad, I grew up very much in a blue collar family, four older brothers. I'm the last of five boys. My mom and dad were both in small business. So my mom, in addition to chasing us around in circles, had a small real estate firm and uh, did a really nice job with that. My dad had your typical corner gas station. So three, three repair bays and, and, and two gas pumps out front. And our deal was we had to work for him if we weren't playing sports. So we, we played a lot of sports. <laughs> he, he was a challenge to work for, very demanding. But one of the things he did, which I think ties a lot of this in, back then, you know, the, the corner garage was like the used car guy, not really well trusted. And I don't know about you, but when I bring my car to the dealership, I still don't know exactly what's going on or how bad it's going to be when they hand me the bill. But what he did a lot, which I think set the stage for some of the things we try to do is if you had your car done there, Paul, you, you got your muffler done, he'd bring you back and show you the parts he took off. He'd say, you know, Paul, I took this muffler off. I had to do this. I had to change these things because that all works together in your car set. And then he would show you the labor and say, this is what it costs and this is why. And he did a really good job of educating his patient or his customer, if you will, about what he was doing and why. And that's really carried over. The other thing he did was he had great pride in ownership. His name was on the door and he would say to you, you know, this is, this is Regal Auto, this is my place. So he had great pride in that. And he instilled that in all of us. But the last thing he did by, by that transaction with you, and I don't think he thought about customer centricity the way we might today, but he was creating that trust relationship. And at PTSMC, we talk about lifelong relationships. And those are all based on trust. And I can tell you in the eight years that I worked in his garage part-time in the summers, I saw the same people come back again and again and again. Sure. Because they trusted him. They knew he was telling the truth. He, he took pride in what he did. And, and I carried a lot of that forward personally. And, and as we look at PTSMC, a lot of those same things about being transparent, being trustworthy, earning, earning someone's lifelong relationship has, uh, has really been a drivers in, in what we do today. Yeah, that's really cool. And, you know, because as you coined it, your father was in a business where we tend to have a lack of trust because it's so easy for someone who's 
inside <laughs> in your car. You, you know, you don't have any idea. Um, whereas we do kind of believe that we should be able to trust our therapists, but many times if they don't explain themselves, what they're doing, why they're doing it, bond with that patient, they're going to find somewhere else to go. So it's, you've taken that up a whole level for sure. Well, I think, you know, I think that's a great analogy. And I sometimes talk to clinicians about that just as an aside, but I say, my dad was a mechanic. You need to talk to him in a way he's going to understand it. You know, if it's a joint, you've got to tell them it's a joint, it's a, it's a ball and socket. And I think that as we educate patients, we really have to get to their level to speak to them in a way that they can understand and make it meaningful. I mean, you can talk technically with your friends in the orthopedic surgeons, but when it comes to the patient, I think the buy-in has to be at where the rubber meets the road and they've got to understand what you're saying. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, yeah, and we, we could go on on that topic um, for the rest of the show, but let's jump to, you know, what's the general ownership structure? Because what we're here to talk about today is partnerships. And so many business owners out there have this question, should I bring in partners? Should I partner with other physical therapists? Um, so walk us through what the general ownership structure of PTSMC is. Sure, sure. It's relatively uncomplicated. The, the, the primary office, the, the home office, if you will, which is really where admin services sits, is an S-Corp. And that kind of happened by by accident, really. I, the first business I bought was a PC. And in order to avoid tail liability, we had to change the structure to an S. So that's how that happened. And then each of the LLCs below that are separately owned. And the LLC is a really workable structure in Connecticut and I think most of the country where you can slice and dice ownership and, and make it work. But in our typical model, our ideal partner, if you will, owns a 40% stake in the site that they manage. I own the holding company outright, holding company, parent company, whatever you want to call it. Uh, so technically speaking, partners are partners with me and then as an example, if you were part of PTSMC and I was part of PTSMC, we would be partners with the parent company, but not necessarily with each other. So they're separate LLCs. It's a little bit of an eat what you kill method or model, but it allows you to truly grow and accelerate and, and not worry about me if I'm not, if I'm not catching up. So they are very much individual. Yeah. That's awesome. And I appreciate all the detail, um, you know, as you know, from yourself and, and from, from years um, working with your brother. Um, th th this is an industry that is so giving, and I appreciate your, your detail on that. Um, tell us how you believe that that structure, the structure that you guys really created, this is not a replica of USPT, or I mean, it's actually not even close, right? But Tell us how that structure aligns with you and your personal values. Yeah, great question. I think reflecting back on the earlier part, I grew up in a small business family. So that ownership has always been near and dear to my heart. And I think for me, when I kind of looked at this model, I did look at USPT and others. And, and there are some similarities. I, I did not, uh, this wasn't from scratch. I took what I could and tried to <laughs> cobble it together. Sure. But really what I wanted to do is create a true equity model where entrepreneurial PTs who had an interest, who said, I want to do this, would have a method to do to get there, to get from this dream to actual reality. So for me, it was kind of reflecting back on my own roots to say, ownership means something to me. And I also believe there was a lot of PTs out there who 
given the path, might take it. And it, it, what we tried to do is create bridges, financial bridges and, and risk bridges so that people with two kids in a house could still go ahead and become an owner if they wanted to. So at the end of the day, I think you know, people ask me, what are you gonna, how are you gonna define success? And I, I really keep it simple and say that if we are as, as an organization or I am able to help people get to a place they weren't gonna get to without us, that would be successful. So that's really what we try to do is help people become partners. PTs yeah. <laughs> own the profession. So Alan, what you have done is you have created many, many garages, <laughs> right? Shops, you know, all over the state of Connecticut, you know, with each and every therapist telling their patients what they're doing inside their engines and <laughs> with that personal touch. Um, Interesting analogy. <laughs> so, so let's bring it back to the patient. And as a therapist, I'm a therapist as well. You know, it really has to be all about the patient. How do sure. you believe that this structure actually benefits the patient? Well, if you've lived through startup, and I know you have, uh, <laughs> it is blood, sweat, and tears. It is your life's work. It is everything and anything that, that you can give to make that thing successful. And really, we're, we're, where the end game is, is the patient satisfaction, right? That patient experience. So all of our partners are active clinicians treating in the clinics that they own. And I think that can't help but be good for the patient because they want to know that they're being greeted at the front desk. They want to know that their clinicians are top notch. They want to know that there's a, a home exercise program in place and that the explanations were good. So having that owner there to look at what's going well and say, hey, I can make that better. Or conversely, to look at things that are challenges and say, I need to fix that now. I don't want to make 10 calls and wait for 17 decisions. I need to fix this now. It's all really patient-facing and, and good for the business and good for the patient care. Sure. 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 And so the, the, these folks, these owners, are not you know, pure play business people. These are physical therapists who have an eye to become an entrepreneur. And you have helped them along that road. Do you feel like you have a collection of, you know, entrepreneurs in each of your partnerships? Yeah, I do. I do because a couple of things. We don't just make people partners. So there's a path to partnership. So there are some things that get done, including a leadership program and some other supportive programs. But at the end of the day, they have to raise their hand, right? So it's a conversation that happens generally speaking in their career. And, it, and it's interesting, I'll tell you a story later if we have time, but yes, I believe they're entrepreneurs, they're, they're paying attention. And really within those first two to three years, they grow immensely in terms of the business side of the equation. We do a lot to support it. We try to help them understand what the metrics are and what they mean. But at the end of the day, our, our senior level partners are truly business people and entrepreneurs. And our youngsters are aspiring to that. So yeah, sure. I, I do believe that. All right, well, hopefully this question will spur because I want to hear that story. Um, as you went along this path, what were some of the bumps in the road or even some major roadblocks that you had in trying to create and make this structure a success? Um, other than last year, which I guess everybody gets to put in that column, um, uh. I would say... There was two, two that stand out. One was very, very early on and pivotal in to what we became, what PTSMC became as an organization. I was about a year into it, and I had this whole thing sketched out. I had the drawings. I had the, the chart. I had the, the model figured out. And I, I 
went to the four clinicians that were with me at the time, and I did a presentation about ownership and how I wanted to take this direction. And I said, you know, I, I want this opportunity. And in the back of my head, I was thinking, how am I going to get all four of these folks in business? I don't have the, the wherewithal. I don't have the, the skill set to do that. And, and at the end of this presentation, I'm going to have to try and pick who the winner is. And I got to the end of the presentation and it kind of got quiet as it sometimes does. And I said, all right, who's in? And <laughs> nobody raised their hand. It was crickets. And I realized at that pivotal moment, moment that ownership was not for everybody. And what it really made me face was this idea that if it was going to be a great company, it would have to be a good opportunity for entrepreneurial partners, but it had to be a great company for everybody else. And that really made me start thinking differently about this isn't just about an ownership model. This is about a good organization where people want to be a part of it. So that was real pivotal. The second one was really about how we then moved forward. Because as I described in our model, we could be siloed, right? Technically speaking, there are silos. We were probably five or six offices into it and at our meeting, partner meeting, and we talked about information share, specifically financials. And we realized at that point it was pivotal to say, okay, we're either going to go like this and say, okay, this is mine and that's yours, or we're going to try to keep an open heart and open mind and say, let's do this together. And at that point, unanimously, the partners who had been with me since the beginning said, let's do this together. And that's how we've kept it ever since. Very wide open, very wide open book, financials and everything. Um, all partners have access to each other's data, all each other's stuff. And we hope it creates an, an environment where it's helping people grow. And, and that's really where we try to facilitate the idea that we are all, all one together. And it's about helping each other out. So to add to your structure, it's a partnership structure that also has an open book policy which enables your partners to see and discuss with others in the company their success or their lack of success or their challenges, et cetera. But it does that with an open book where you can actually see and understand. I often, I often um, caution people especially when they go to PPS, PPS, the conference, you know, and it's a wonderful conference. But you ask advice of people, they don't know anything about your company. They have not seen any of the information. Are they really in a position to give advice? Similar to your story where you're, you have an open book amongst, so they're able to really help each other. It's worked well for us, but yeah, it, it's really worked well. I think it had it gone the other way, I don't know if it would be as much fun or as interesting, to be honest with you. Yeah, yeah, it's awesome, awesome. So 29 clinics, how many partnerships, Alan? All but two clinics have a partner, well, actually all but three clinics have a partner in there. So okay. 26, I guess I could do the math, say 26. Okay, 25 plus partnerships. Yes. Um, and here we are in 2021, just going through one of the most difficult periods of, you know, this industry's uh, history. Um, what do you see as the future for PTSMC? That's a great question, Paul. I think just in retrospect, I want to shout out to those current partners because they really carried the day last year when things got bad. They put it on their backs. Yeah. That was really when you, when I felt different as an organization, as a company, is when I knew I was surrounded by owners and not by managers or it was a different deal. Uh, so that was awesome. In terms of right now, the snapshot today is so much different than it was even a few months ago. I would look to the next three to six months and say it's extraordinarily bright. Everything that we do in terms of an internal, where we look to grow our people, 
has really come back around. So our, our orthopedic residency program, our docs program, which is a clinical ed program, our mentorship program, our leadership program, all of that has finally come back. And last year just was abysmal not to have that because one of the things we love to do is take somebody and try to help them get better, how to try to help them be better. And we sidelined all that stuff and it's all coming back and it's just a great feeling of momentum and you know, this is good kind of feeling. And as I look ahead, We've got youngsters coming to youngsters, whatever that means, coming out of these school these days, coming to the coming to us now that want to be partners. So there's a core group that have this conversation coming in, which is awesome. The other thing which I didn't expect is we're getting some inbound traffic from smaller practices that are kind of looking at it, going, "How do we do this together? Or can you help us with this administrative stuff? Or can you help us get by?" So that's an interesting combo. And the last one, which I think is really optimistic, is. A number of senior clinicians, people maybe five, six, seven years out, that are working someplace that aren't going to have this opportunity or starting to kind of reach out. So maybe they're in a large hospital system or they're maybe in a company that doesn't really support this idea of an equity ownership thing. So they're reaching out. So I really think things look good. I mean, I don't want to sound like a lunatic, but I think things look good. <laughs> so it sounds like, Alan, you still have some gas in the tank and um, you want to keep driving this thing forward. Yeah, we were on a great run previous to COVID. We really had probably three or four of our best growth years kind of stacked on top of each other. And I honestly think we were on to do great. Ironically, 2020 was our 20th anniversary. Not how we planned to spend it, but I, I think we had we had great plans. And I think after the dust off, we're going back at it. We're, we're looking forward to going back at it. Yeah, that's exciting. Really exciting. So again, we get so many calls, Alan, on should I, how can I, um, where do I start? What advice would you have for a physical therapy business owner, whether they're a single clinic or they have multiple clinics and they just want to give, you know, this partnership model um, generally, they just want to give it a try. How, how would you tell them to start? What's the first step? I think three quick things come to mind. I'll try to make it brief because you and I could do another three days on this one too. But, <laughs> but I think um, the first one is talk to people outside of your organization and PPS is a great audience to do that. But I also think other business owners. The second one is get it to writing if you can. Try to get it to paper. And the third is get a get evaluation done. And I go back quick over to each of them. But the first one, talk to other people. I think it helps you understand what you're actually trying to accomplish. I think a lot of us go forward with... Uh, well-intentioned, but not necessarily fully thought out. So when you get to conversations with other people, they ask you, well, why would you do that? And, and what's your reasoning behind that? In other businesses, and not, not in your core group, but outside, because you want to avoid that group. That group think thing can be trouble. But then you start to think about, are you doing it for growth strategy? Are you doing it for an exit strategy? Are you doing it for a retention strategy? It makes you think, why are you doing this? And I think that would be really helpful. Get it to paper, to me, is one of those critical pieces, because once you get your thoughts kind of there, whether it be yourself or your, or your team, you get it to paper, I think avoids a lot of unintended consequences. Because I think we've all seen the situation where the young gun therapist has got great expectations and hopes. And the maybe senior guys starting to think or girls starting to think, hey, man, maybe it's time for me to do something different. And in that conversation, the senior goes, hey, you know, someday this could all be yours. And the young gun immediately runs off in his mind or her mind and says, wow, in two years, it's mine and Paul's out to pasture. <laughs> Paul, in the meantime, has got a 10-year plan where you're going to get a 10% ownership for the next 10 years. And I think the unintended consequence, unfortunately, is unfortunately, it's hard to go back to the middle again because they've gone so divergent. 
based on just that simple conversation, one of expectations and dreams and the other of saying, no, that's not what I really meant. Yeah. So if you can get it, you can get it to paper, I think that would help. And the last piece, an independent valuation. We, we value ours all, everybody gets a valuation every year. It's not that expensive and I think it's really important to have. You know, like I know, when you grow a business or you're, you're knee deep in it, there's this emotional component that goes into it that's massive. It's the structure, it's the family life, it's the sacrifices you made. But at the end of the day, when a business gets valued, yeah, maybe that's in there a little bit, but the truth is it comes down to math. And I think a valuation helps you kind of reconcile those two things that say, this is my, this is my emotional value, my $10 million emotional value. Yeah. And, this is my, and this is my $1 million market value. And I think, it, I think it's just good to get there because then if you do decide to bring on partners, you have a starting point that's neutral and everybody can agree that, yeah, this is what it's worth how you get there or how you decide to share it, those are all other decisions to be made, but at least you know what it is you're, you're trying to share or you're trying to partner with. Sure, sure. <laughs> you know, I appreciate that. that will, I think that will really accelerate folks out there listening today. Um, you know, I'm, I'm going to really quickly rehash what you just went over. Number one is ask real good, solid, critical questions to those outside of the rehab space because then they will ask things that another rehab business owner may not be willing to ask or may not have a perspective of. And then second is stop with the conceptual. <laughs> you know, conceptually, we're going to sell the business to our employees or we're going to sell, put it on paper. What does this mean? And it'll at least get you so that we're starting to get very specific in how we're going to do this. And then third, what, 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 a, what a great point, which is, you know, okay, now we, we got it on paper, all right? Now we need to actually move this thing forward, okay? We, we, need, to, we need to drive this forward. And, you know, I think that will get you, again, on a start to seeing what the model is and the value, <laughs> okay? So if we don't increase value or we don't look at value, we're really missing something because value is not only good for an exit or for a sale, but value is good for long-term, long-term business stability. Companies with value will have long-term business stability. And it's, it's almost like every year there's a new benchmark, a new benchmark, a new benchmark. Um, it's like the test at the end of the year. So really, really great points. Um, well, Alan, look, I, I can tell you, I, the folks that listened today um, really got a huge benefit from this. I appreciate you sharing. Um, again, you're, you're um, you know, one of the great ones out there in what you've been able to accomplish, um, but also in what you're willing to share. And I think it means so much to business owners across the country um, that are able to hear this and are able to benefit um, from some of uh, the things that you've been able to accomplish. So I appreciate you joining us today. Thanks, Paul. It's been an honor. Thank you for the kind words and uh, happy to help if I can. Appreciate what you do for our profession. Thanks, buddy. Thank you. Thank you. So for all of you today, um, we are going to sign off. But click below if you have questions and you're considering a, a partnership strategy or you have any other questions, just click below and let's talk. Thanks for joining us today and we'll look forward to seeing you next week. Thank you.